Welcome back to episode number 39 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all our voices, so keep those comments, questions, concerns, issues, headaches, problems, uh, frustrations, new laws. Ooh, that's a good one we're going to do today, right? Uh, new guidelines, things like that. Anything that's out there that you're just like, man, this doesn't make sense. Why are we doing what we're doing? Let's just get it out in the open. Send them to me, Jeff at the MPDude.com. You can also get me on Facebook. You could... Uh, uh, message me personally at Jeff Powers. Um, you can you can get me that way too. So send me this stuff, and and I'm getting a lot of people sending those things into me now, and and it's it's a steady stream of information that's coming to me, and a lot of stuff I'm still pulling off of the Facebook groups just because it's. Uh, it's topical and it's, it's happening right now. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's important stuff. So some of those things we're going to go through today. So keep those things coming. I appreciate it. We're kind of stagnated at 580. I had 581. Somebody unlike me jerks, right? No, I'm just teasing. I don't care. If I'm not your cup of tea, unlike, I don't care. Uh, but keep sharing the show. Spread the word. Let's get it out there. The more people that are listening, the more people that I can communicate with, the more issues that we can get get out there. I have a couple people that are diehard listeners now, and, and I appreciate the comments you guys are uh, getting to me, and I appreciate the positive feedback. I've got a couple of uh, iTunes uh, comments out there, but not many. So if you guys are listening on iTunes, take a minute and go tell people what you think. If, it, if I'm a four or a five, great. If I'm a three, whatever. But I want to hear if, if you're not liking the show, but you're still listening, what is it that you don't like about the show? And, uh, you know, if, if I don't have intro music or something like that, that's just timing. I don't have the time to do fancy intro music. And, and you know, this is a hobby for me. So um, I'm just trying to get information out there. If, if it's uh, production value, uh, maybe it'll get there someday, but uh, we're not there yet. So that's that's uh, my intro for today. So what are we going to talk about today? And, and I mean, we're Ohio, right? So we got a lot of Ohio crap going on in our life. Governor Kasich, right? And and I, I'm not a huge fan of this guy. So I'm, I'm don't don't take this as an endorsement for or against Kasich because I could care less about the guy. He's a politician. And uh, you, you guys are, if you've listened before, you know my view on the government and politicians. Um, but what's the deal right now with Kasich is he put out these Ohio opiate prescribing guidelines. And, and this is topical for everybody in the country because if you don't have something like this, guess what? It, it's coming. It's going to happen sooner or later for every state in the union, and it may be strict. It may be more strict than what we have here. It may be less strict, uh, but but you guys got to be aware of what's going on in in your state. And uh, so this is a good one to talk about because whether it's seven days or eight days or ten days or two weeks, the the same principles of the argument argument and discussion are going to apply to you too. So stay tuned. Don't tune out just because I said Ohio. Um, what's the deal? Well, let, let me, let me give you, um, just a, about a minute of Kasich himself talking about the issue and then we'll go through his guidelines and then what my take is on it and whether it really matters or not. Although prescription opioids were originally intended to help people live with less pain, their abuse has become a source of heartache throughout our communities. Each year, more people lose their lives to unintentional prescription drug overdoses than car accidents. And of course, it's just unacceptable. So now, Ohio is doing something about it. Today, we are encouraging you, healthcare providers who prescribe opioids, to reevaluate how you manage a patient's pain. By no means are these opioid prescriber guidelines a replacement for your expertise and clinical judgment. Instead, 
We hope they will provide some perspective so you can more effectively manage patients' care and help them improve the quality of life without increasing the risk of a deadly overdose. Together, I know we can make a difference, and we must. All right, so that's Kasich's take on it, and that's his justification of why he's doing what he's doing. Now, where am I getting this information from? I got that from the Ohio Mental Health and Addiction Services uh, website, where it basically has a link to to his um, his YouTube video. So I don't have a problem publishing that. It's not anything that's you know uh, copyrighted or anything like that. Um, but what are some of the guidelines, and 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 where are we going with all this stuff? And and why do why do I care, right? So here's the deal. I got I got his letter, and you can go to and I'll I'll add a link in the show notes to his uh, PDF one page, and it's the new limits on prescription opiates will save lives and fight addiction. That's the title of this thing, and the first half of it is basically what his his video his YouTube video that I just played is, and it's all the problems of why and what we're doing about it. And then it goes into the next step, implementing new rules for acute pain prescription. So here's where we get confusion. Is it a rule or is it a guideline? Some places they use the word rule. Some places they use the word guideline. Guidelines are just that. They're guidelines. That doesn't mean that I can't break from the guideline. It's just this is a target of what we're going to shoot for, and I could do something different. And that's what it sounds like they're doing, so it's really soft. But then it says in here, it says, this is the new rule. Well, is it a rule or is it a guideline? I don't know. In, in, in my estimation, typically when you have an executive guideline, that's going to become the rule. So they make it sound soft on one case, like they're in, in one situation that they're, you know, it's just a guideline. Don't worry about it. You can do what you want. But, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to be suspicious of, you know, a pill mill type thing, which is one of the things that his first thing is we shut down dozens of pill mills. If you read this, this, this document. So can it be a rule? Yeah, absolutely. So functionally from a governmental standpoint, and this is the legal side of it, right? This is where I'm going to kick in and be a geek. The the executive branch is the policing power. The law that, that was just enacted in January of this year, and I think it was House Bill 309 or 379. I, 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 just, I, I just read it this morning, and I was looking for it, and I was like, I don't care. Maybe I'll look for it. Let me give, me, give me a second. Let me look for it. All right, I completely lied. It's Senate Bill 319, and it was January 4th when it was enacted. And I read through a lot of it this morning when I was sitting there drinking my coffee. It's Sunday, so I was drinking coffee before all the kids were up, and, and I'm like, what am I going to read today? And so I usually try to read something either related to health care or something laws or something or CBO. I just, that's, that's what I like to do. So I was reading through this law, and I did a search through the law, the actual law like through the text of the law. And it was a lot of just generic stuff. They got rid of like um, services and changed the wording to providers and, you know, nothing big deal. Um, but in the opiate section, it, it really was pretty innocuous, but it basically gave a lot of authority to the executive branch to make rules. And that's where, that's where the laws typically go. The legislature wimps out and says, we're not going to make any hard and fast rules on any of this. We're going to give it to the authority of the policing power, which is the executive branch, to make the rules, the uh, regulations, that's the definition, right? Regulations are through the executive and rules are typically, you know, by the statute. And so they did that again. They kind of punted. And, and there is some stuff in there about giving money and, you know, through MHOS, which is where I got that video. And and there's, so, so there is some some. 
provided information in that law, but it's pretty like bland. There wasn't a lot. I mean, I read through I mean, probably a couple dozen pages of it. I'm like, oh, I'm not saying much here. So it wasn't really helpful to me contextually. But what I did see was that it gave authority to the sta- to the to the executive, and that's what they're doing, right? So th- legally, they have the ability now to make the guidelines, the rules, and they could do that. So what are the rules that we're looking at in Ohio now? What what are the, what's gonna change? Um, there used to be a number, and I'm seeing two different numbers. So and, and I'm new with this, right? I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm new with this, so I don't know. In the state, I've heard one thing. As far as a uh, trigger limit is the word they use in Ohio, where you start to alert authorities to being a possible pill mill. And so it used to be 80 milli equivalents of of, uh, opiate, right, of morphine. Or morphine equivalents, I think is what the, how they they call it, right? So it's it was it was eighty was the number. So if you had a prescription that was eighty milli um, morphine equivalents, then then that would trigger something to the state, and the state would say, hey, like, we need to look a little deeper at this guy and see maybe maybe they're they're prescribing too much. And they would also look at the number of prescriptions that you had that were scheduled narcotics versus all of your prescriptions. And they would say, you know, percentage-wise, that's too high. You're a pill mill. We're shutting you down. You're going to get investigated, and the DEA is probably going to come knock on your door, and you're going to get in big, big trouble. And and there's been some of those in my county that in the last year and a half that I've seen, you know, in the newspaper. That's a big deal. So – Kasich is right. They are shutting pill mills down. That's and that's a good thing. We don't want those. But then I'm also seeing a number of thirty now. So I don't know if that's new or if that's been around a while or not. So somebody in Ohio, tell me. Shoot me an email if you if you're prescribed narcotics. Let me know if thirty morphine equivalents um, per day was the threshold. I remember in school that's what what I remember hearing. I don't remember it being eighty, but I saw that in something. I don't know if it's old. So thirty is the number now, and that's a trigger limit for um for your morphine equivalents in Ohio and it's and that's number 3 in his bullets here so let's read through his highlights of Ohio's new opiate prescribing limits of acute pain this is all acute pain i'm seeing people freaking out like i have chronic back pain you evil bastards are going to take away my percocets and i need that's not at all what this is for this is for for acute pain and it's in and, and as long as you have you know if you have chronic pain that's documented well this isn't going to affect you anyways as a, as a as a uh patient it's not going to really affect them here's where it's going to affect you no more than 7 days of opiates can be prescribed for adults for acute pain no more than 5 days of opiates for uh minors same thing right it's the same same situation acute pain Total morphine equivalent dose or MED of prescription for acute pain cannot exceed the average of 30 milli, um, sorry, morphine equivalents per day, um, blah, blah, blah. So that's number three. That's the 30. But I remember seeing 80 somewhere too. So I I, I, I don't think I would want to go over 30 anyways. But I, I remember that in school last year. So I don't know if that's a new change. Somebody tell me if that's new. Healthcare providers can prescribe opiates in excess of the new limits only if they provide a specific reason in the patient's record. So you can still do it, but you got to give a specific reason. So people are saying, oh, well, what are you going to do about seven days of post-op surgery and blah, 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 blah. And you, know, you they can't get into their primary care provider or they can't get the pain management or they can't get all the, you know. So what that doesn't necessarily apply. So as long as you give a, a reason, right, 
that's in the patient's medical record. So if they had a surgery, that's going to be in the medical record. Unless such reason is given, a healthcare provider is prohibited from prescribing opiates that exceed Ohio's limits. So now the question becomes, I could put it in the record, is that justifiable? And now that's, that's a subjective thing. And that, that scares me whenever a government regulator can look at something subjectively and say, yeah, that's reasonable and that's not. That scares the crap out of me. So that's what the, where the fear is going to be. And that's where the fight's going to be. It's going to be what's reasonable in the record. Now, if you've got somebody that had, um, you know, a major back surgery, I mean, just I mean, they, you cut these people up. And it was a 14-hour surgery, and you did anterior and posterior approach, and, and you just tore this person up. Is it justifiable to give them only seven days for that acute thing? They slipped, fell, blew out their, their spine or a car accident or something? I think you're more than justified giving somebody 30 days of pills until they can get the pain management. Physical therapy, and this is a six-month you know, process of healing or a year, I think you're, you're fine. But if you got acute appendicitis and you do surgery on that person, seven days might be more than they need. You, know, you might have uh, C-sections and people take one or two days of Percocet and then after that it's ibuprofen. I mean, that's a major surgery. And they can they can handle that pain. It's expected. Life life for acute situations, it, life hurts. You know, we're not here to take away all the pain all the time, but, you know, we, we try to make people comfortable to function. So, anyways, so it's not as bad as everybody makes it sound. So there is ways around it. It's just as a provider, it makes it a little scary. And so what's that? <laughs> what's the reasonableness standard that they're going to use? All right, so I'm looking at my phone, reading these, and it's really small, so my old eyes, I'm having a hard time. Yes, I probably need glasses. Prescribers, let's see, what's the number? That was number four, right? So you can do it longer than that time, seven days. Number five, prescribers will be required to include a diagnosis or procedure code on every controlled substance prescription, which will be entered into the ORS. So that's going to be something else that's in there too. So does it have to match exactly with the previous ORs? So say somebody comes in and they have chronic pain and you're giving them the one or two Percocets a day that they need just to be able to function for the day. I mean, that, that may or may not be reasonable. I don't know. That It just depends. Should you be doing that in a primary care? Maybe. I don't. They go to pain management, but that's just me. Um but if you are doing that, now you got to put in an ICD-10 code or a diagnosis code or something on the script. So that's more headache. And that's all scheduled. So if you got an ADHD kid, you got to do the ADHD code. Now, here's the problem. What happens if you don't use the exact same ICD-10 code? Is that, is that, a, is that a cue to the state to say, man, your ORs, you didn't use the same code. So I, if I'm doing an ADHD code, I'm going to look at the old script and I'm going to get exactly the same just to not make a headache down the line. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a problem or not, but that, I could see that, that being a trigger where they're going to investigate you even though they shouldn't be. That's, that's a problem. That's, that's more of a headache, I think, than anything else. It's just writing on the script what your ICD-10 code is, and if they change the codes, you know, I don't know. I mean, so how do you want to do it? Do you want to do it by a written diagnosis for ADHD and then just leave it at that? I don't know. I don't know how they want to do it yet. All right, number six, the new limits do not apply to opioids prescribed for cancer, palliative care, end-of-life hospice care, medications-assisted treatment um, for addiction as well. So you get your suboxone, that's kind of out, and all the other stuff. And that kind of mirrors 
some of the stuff that's going on with opening up the scope of practice for nurse practitioners in House Bill 216 in Ohio. Because those same same words, you know, prescriber for cancer, palliative care, end of life hospice, and uh, MAT, those were all opened up under under um, the CARE Act or House Bill 216. Number seven, and this is the last one that they got here: new limits will be enacted through rules passed by the state medical board, board of pharmacy, dental board, and board of nursing. So they're all going to be specific. And this is where the headaches are because these are the executive branches, right? These are delegates of Kasich. They're hired by these boards. These boards are basically executive branch. And so they're going to make up their own rules. Are they going to all be the same? I don't know. We're going to have to figure this out. So is, is the is the pharmacy board's rule going to be different than maybe the nursing board? I don't know. They're going to have to work together on this. Is the state medical board going to be different than the board of nursing? Probably. So they may be more lax than what we have to do as nurse practitioners. I don't know. We're going to figure it out together. And then he just has some bottom line stuff at the bottom there. And, and it's, it's uh, I don't care. I'm not going to read it. But so that, that's the issue today that we're dealing with. And it's, it's is it good? Is it bad? That's the discussion. And, and I'm seeing it in the forums where the people that are relying on chronic opiate use for their pain are saying, this is horrible. It's going to make it harder for me to get it because it's more headache for the prescribers and now they got to do more work. So they're not even going to touch it. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I agree with that. Um, but should we be shutting it down? Yeah, I think we should. I think that we should be funneling people that have those chronic pain issues to the people that really do that because then you don't have, you know, 2,000, 3,000 nurse practitioners and, you know, 5,000 physicians in the state doing it. You have a handful of them doing it, and that's all they do. That's what they should be doing. And then the state can manage those people in a certain way. Don't don't manage all of us that way. Don't jam us all in that. And that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to funnel those chronic people to the right places. Now, whether there's enough of them or not, I don't know. That's a different issue. But this, to me, is, in my opinion, I'm not a Kasich fan. I, I think it's a good thing. I just do as a, you know, I did addiction for a little while and that, that, that position for me is over now. And that was uh, maybe someday we'll talk about it when it's not so close in time about what, what's going on there. And, and it was a functional, uh, resources issue. Um, not a need, but a resource issue. And so, um, you know, I'm not doing the addiction stuff, but I did learn a lot doing that when I was there. And so I continue to use the information that I've learned in that, in that circumstance and in that, in that setting, in the primary care setting. And, you know, I'm, I think it's a good thing that we're limiting the amount of pills that are getting out there because there is a huge amount of diversion. And there is, you know, my, my fear when I see somebody that comes in the office that says, I need this medicine, I'm, I'm like, if I give this to you, what are the chances that you're not going to go use it for a couple days when you need it throughout the month, sell 25 of the 30 that I give you, and then take one right at the end of the month just in case I do a test, a urine drug screen on you. I just, it, it, it's too easy to do. It's a money-making machine. You know, you can get a buck, two bucks a, a milligram of opiate. I mean, that's, that's pretty decent money. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential for diversion. That's, and that's the concern, right? And, and that the, the people that have real addiction problems are going to use something anyways, whether it's heroin or pills or whatever, we could at least shut down one Avenue to stop people from getting addicted in the first instance. We have to do it. Now, are people going to go to heroin? Yeah, they're, they're gonna, 
It's and that's inevitable. So what's the solution? In a perfect world, we would have resources out there that the people that are abusing the system that want the help, need the help, can get the help they need. And some of that's opening up, but it's not opening up fast enough. And it's not it's not even the provider side of the, the system that's the problem. A lot of it's the mental health component. There's not enough counselors. There's not enough drug uh, certified drug counselors. There's not enough... Um, Nurses that are the funding for nurses to be able to do the urine drug screens. There's not enough funding for people to do the draws of and, and do the, the blood draws and get things going. You know, there's, there's this surplus now where we're getting enough people that can write the scripts for Suboxone and Vivitrol and get people ready to go and do this control. But there's no one on the mental health side saying, you know, okay, now that you've got the medication assisted side ramped up, we got to do treatment. So there's not enough treatment. Medicated assisted Therapy is not treatment. We're just helping people be able to concentrate to get the treatment they need. So I encourage you guys, go do the buprenorphine waiver training. I, I, just because I'm not doing addiction today, addiction medicine today, doesn't mean I don't use this stuff. I use it all the time. I use it every day. Every day somebody comes in that I see that they've, they're on a controlled substance, I educate them. Hey, you know, we need to start thinking about when you're going to get off of these things. Because, you, you know, how's your function? Well, it's not really that great. Well, and you're still taking this medicine? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not working then, right? No, it's not really working. Well, then why are you taking it? I don't know. They say to take it three times a day. Who's they? My other doctor. All right, well, it's not me. <laughs> I'm not telling you to take it. And you educate them. And you, and you tell them there's, there are some resources out there in, in some, some more areas of the country than, than, than not. But... You need to learn what your resources are in your community and start funneling people to that because at least they might be able to get treatment. That might be one less person that dies. You just never know. And if you are prescribing an opiate, you should be prescribing uh, Narcan with it. Absolutely. You should. And you should you should have uh, the patient that's that comes in, have their spouse come into the room, and you teach them how to use it. That, that's I mean, it's not we're not getting paid for this stuff, but... You know, if you want to keep patients alive, you want to keep people alive and keep them coming back to you. That's it should be done. I don't do I don't do opiates. I just don't do them. I, I I'm not gonna do it. You're gonna go to someone else. Sorry. And 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 I explain why. I tell them why. And and usually people are scared because they're like, man, I thought this was just like a strong aspirin, <laughs> you know. And it's like, man, these people don't know what they're taking. Come on, bullcrap. So, anyways, that's that's that one, and I, I thought that was a interesting, uh, interesting last couple days. That's for sure. And uh, the, the the people I work with, they they were say, seeing this stuff coming through Facebook, and I'm like, I'm gonna look, I'm reading up on this because I want to talk about it. And I want to make sure that that everybody understands where it's coming from. And you see all the news, all the news outlets are saying the same thing. The ABCs, the NBCs, the you know. Well, you know, all the, the different news stations are talking about this and they're doing their own clips, but none of them are providing the exact information from the source. So that's why I wanted to play K6 words and I'm going to post the, the governor's um, PDF of guidelines. And, and we don't know what they're really going to look like until the boards get their hands on it. But you can kind of see that's their guidelines that they're given the boards. And then the boards are going to make up their rules and they'll probably be at least as strict, if not more. So I'm not going to go much longer on this one today. It's kind of a one-topic show uh, today because it's Sunday and i got stuff I'm going to do. I'm planting more seeds. 
it's kind of cold out, but I'm going to go do some work outside in the greenhouse. I got some stuff going on. So I'm going to have some fun today. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a beautiful day. Uh, I hope you guys are having fun. I really appreciate you guys listening. I'm having a blast. I really am. It's, it, it, this has been more fun than I thought it was going to be. At first I thought, well, I'm just going to do this and see if, see what happens. And, and I talked about this when I was in NP school a year ago with people and I was joking around about the name of the show and, and, uh, it just kind of popped in my head for the, the MP dude. And, and, uh, I threw it out there and they all laughed at me and like I was insane and crazy and, and thought I was just joking because I, have my hands doing a billion different things at any given time. And so, um, you know, they all laughed at me and thought it was funny and, and, you know, here I am doing it and I'm having a blast and I'm getting some of those people commenting to me and, and, uh, Ryan, thanks for listening, bud. I, I appreciate the nice comments you just gave on the, on the, on the Facebook page. Um, you guys are doing a great job sharing the show. I really want you guys to share it more, though. I want to get that 1,000 mark by July. I really do. I think um, if we can have a 1,000 people that regularly get my posts, updates, then that means I'm going to get you know, three or 400, 500 people that are listening to the show uh, just through Facebook, not, not including the iTunes people. Man, we can really spread some words out there, get some, get some information out there, get, get more topics coming into me, get some more issues. What's bugging you guys? I want to hear it. I really do. Oh, somebody's just pulling a chicken coop down the road. I want one. <laughs> I was supposed to be building a chicken coop this weekend, but I'm going to blow it off because I'm not going to do it this year. We'll do it next year. I'm doing bees this year. So I've got to order some bee supplies today. So anyways, keep listening to the show. Keep uh, keep sharing as much as you guys can. I, I'm seeing a couple of them out there, but not a lot. So keep doing it, guys. Tell your friends. Tell your students that are uh, in your class with you, hey, there's this wacky guy. He's mildly entertaining. Just uh, tell everybody. Post it to your main page. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. We'll talk soon.